Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Celtic Soul Podcast with me, Andrew Millen, and you're all very welcome to episode nine. My guest today will be Aaron Boyle, a Glaswegian poet and Celtic fan. Today's episode has been kindly sponsored by Blacktop Tarm Academy Dulik, and I would like to thank Kevin and David for the sponsorship of not only the podcast, but for the sponsorship of more than 90 minutes for the past 19 years. I don't think I'll ever take my freedom of moving for granted ever again. All my trips to Glasgow. Two weeks of self-isolation after returning from the Celtic Supporters Festival in Thailand, followed by life in lockdown. The last time I spoke to my good friend and the driving force behind our supporters club, Adrian Hillman, or Hilly as we know him as, was in Thailand until earlier this week. Ah yes, we've spoken on the phone and we've had plenty of text messages about season books and fixtures and this and that. But nothing beats social interaction and chatting about Celtic. He dropped into my house to drop off some nine in a row St. Margaret's CSC goodies. It wasn't until he had left that I realised how much a simple cup of tea and a slice of cake well, talking Celtic is so important and how important your mates are that you go to watch the football with. Football without fans, getting back to Glasgow, the fixtures, the first Rangers game, European football were all discussed as we polished off the last of Connor's birthday cake. Another one of the boys has invited me to watch the first game of the season in his bar for a social distance session and I tell you, I just can't wait to hook up with him and the rest of the boys. Football without fans is nothing and likewise... Football is nothing without your mates. I can't wait till we can go again. I can't wait till we're on the road again. And I can't wait till I see paradise. Aaron Boyle is a talented young Glasgow poet, a Celtic fan and a Kenna Foundation volunteer. And here's how I got on when I chatted to Aurelio. Aaron Boyle is a talented young poet, Celtic fan and has been involved in the Cana Foundation. She first came to my attention with her poetry, and she joined us at Celtic AM earlier in the season 
with Joe Macken of the Kena Foundation to chat about the charity. Hi, Erin. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Very welcome to the Celtic Soul podcast. Thank you so much. It's actually an honour. I've been I've been listening to all the episodes and I've been blown away so far at the chat. So I'm really thankful. We got a lovely message of support from you, and we know you've been listening in. You also you enjoyed the the pod we done with Dublin actor Johnny Ward. Oh, it was brilliant. I love the fact that it's great using this kind of platform to for Celtic fans to address real societal issues that affect you know the world and Celtic fans' life. So it's great listening to Johnny talking about the arts and. The, the struggling you know at, at the moment and um, not only that but it was I absolutely loved listening to Charlie Lord talking about his chat uh, living over in Philadelphia and coming over for the games and all these all this stuff really inspires my poetry so it's been great listening. Brilliant brilliant I'm glad we've helped a little because you've helped us because obviously when we had you on Saturday AM uh, was the first time we'd heard your poetry and we, the, the reaction was brilliant from it. And obviously with the podcast, we have a bigger audience. Now, you mentioned the arts there, Aaron. Uh, I know it's, I suppose it plays a big part in a lot of people's lives and it's kind of goes unnoticed. In lockdown, you know, musicians, uh, comedians, poets, there are a lot of people that are involved in the arts, even down to what we watched on Netflix. You know, they had to be funded from somewhere. These people start had to start somewhere. And I think it goes unnoticed a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I myself, I am a trustee of a charity and a theatre company called uh, Toonspeak Dumb People's Theatre, which is a theatre company in the northeast of Glasgow. And I myself see at first hand the importance of theatre and the arts and being able to express yourself in that form through the young people at Glasgow that we work with all over the city. And I myself at one point was a young person at Toonspeak, 13, 14 and now being a wee bit older, going back and teaching a lot of the young people at the moment, we're, we're doing Zoom classes, uh, poetry, uh, like kind of poetry workshops. And it's you, sp- you ask that to the kids, you say, what is the importance of being an actor during the coronavirus? Because we hear about the scientists, we hear about the experts, we hear about the politicians. But how is everyone coping throughout this time? How are they keeping themselves entertained? How are they coping with their mental health? And it all ties back, as you were saying, to Netflix, to to listening to music, to this podcast right here, right now. And for me, I wouldn't wouldn't have kept saying if it wasn't for writing poetry or actually just, you know, watching Netflix, watching shows back, drawing pictures, you know, (laughs) like, um, it's, it's very necessary. And I think to to push it all away to not being, I, I actually read, it was The Guardian and it was top five essential jobs throughout the coronavirus and artists was number one for non-essential and it sparked up a bit of controversy, which was quite exciting to see. When you have nothing else, you know, and, and I suppose your liberty's taken away a little and we were all in lockdown, you know, you do tone. For me, it was podcasts and also reading. I didn't watch that much TV and I was delighted I got back into, into reading again because it was something I'd, I probably was too busy to do. Now, Aaron, while I have you here, okay, I'm after learning about that theatre in Nobu. Because obviously when, when we bump into each other, we're generally talking about Celtic. Can you just give the, the listeners a little introduction into yourself who don't know you? Yeah. I, my name is Erin Boyle. <laughs> I am a poet and I'm a writer. And right now I'm a student. Predominantly I'm a student. I'm 19 years old, finding my way 
into this big bad world and I'm just grabbing every opportunity I can at the moment. I left school and I went to study geography at the University of Glasgow, human geography, because it was my favourite subject at school. I had a real interest in, you know, learning the world function, how the world functions and what what, politi- what effect American politicians have on Glasgow and China and, you know, just, just this exciting, crazy world of society at the moment what what a time to to have been studying geography but as you know I, I grew and adapted and developed to growing up I realized that this wasn't for me this path wasn't for me I didn't want to be a nine-to-five teacher in Glasgow I wanted to grow I wanted I wanted to get bigger and better and travel the world so I've now I've now just changed my course I'm studying journalism media and communication and I Uh, I'm writing a lot of poetry. I am working with a lot of different organisations and companies. Network Rail just recently um, writing some commissioned work for companies like that. And I am really interested in the world of production, uh, producing. I I no longer dream of working for BBC Scotland. I have dreams now of working for the Walt Disney Company, you know, ESPN. this This is the life that I want to live in. The reason why I have these big dreams now is because of the work, time back to being a Celtic fan, the work that I've been doing with the Kano Foundation and the opportunities that the Kano Foundation has provided me with. And my role at the Kano Foundation, we all do a bit of everything, to, to be fair, but my role is match allocation with one of our trustees, Pat, and also social media with one of our trustees, Gillian. And I spend my time creating social media content and, you know, telling the story of the Kano Foundation um, in any possible way I can. And, yeah, so I think that takes me, takes us right back to where we're at. We will chat later in the podcast about the Kano uh, and hopefully funding will not be hit too hard for the arts. So when we get back to normality, that you'll be able to progress your career because you've seemed to have done so much so far at such a young age and you speak of, like someone who is older than your years. Please, please, can we kick off with a poem? Yes, yeah, of course. Um, this poem is actually, it's a wee bit rusty. It's uh, 12 hours old, Andrew, I'm not going to lie. And this poem was inspired by a lot of the chat that I've been hearing on uh, Celtic Soul, uh, particularly a lot of stories from Charlie Lord and a lot of stories that I've been hearing from guys like Declan Hanlon um, from the North American Federation. and. I won't do much more chat, so this is dedicated to all the Celtic fans all over the world. Celtic, why are you like this? You're making me greet the beat of my heart and my chest, the four-leaf clover on my breast. I'm so blessed to only be up the road, as they say, just 15 whole minutes away from paradise. Hundreds of thousands travel far and wide on ferries and flights, seas of green and white water sights. Yet for me, it's half six in the morning and a dodgy signal warnings pop them up and the wains are in a shop. The wife's away at the shops. She's pissed off that I'm pissed off and I've woke up the whole house Optimus kickoff. That means the group chat will be pinging and Parkhead will be singing and I'm three thousands 218 miles away, no having a Scooby who Lennon's even playing, and all I'm saying is, I just wish I was only up the road, as they say, just 15 minutes or so away from paradise. 
My youngest, Jessie, is only three, too young to truly understand. But when I'm playing the songs and watching the games, her eyes light up when she hears the fans. I close my eyes and I'm there. I hear a chorus of supporters. I put my princess high up on my shoulders as she holds up her scarf of white and green and she'll see those scenes and she'll fall in love. And in her American accent, she'll say, Daddy, imagine we just lived up the road, not 3,218 miles away from paradise. From the Bronx to LA, Cork to Toronto, Ballymena to Sydney to Rome, pilots in airports, sailors in boats, those passports will always find their way to come home. And the pubs will be Irish wherever you go, and the oil rigs will fly the flags high for nine in a row, no matter where and no matter when. You know you've always got a friend, and that's what it means to be a Celtic supporter. Celtic why are you like this? You're making me greet the beat of my heart and my chest. I'm so blessed to be just up the road, as they say, 15 whole minutes away from paradise. Erin, absolutely fantastic. I've got goose pimples. And I always get them when, when I hear your poetry. At this time of the year, we're normally relaxing and looking forward to the new season. We're expecting a flashy signing of Celtic, or we're hoping for one. In the close season, you mentioned the Kano doubt. What happens in the close season? Do you all just take a break? Um, yes, particularly June. Uh, we take kids in, in normal circumstances. We have the opportunity to take kids to friendlies, which could be, you know, a second week in July, that kind of time. So that's the kind of big, I would say that's the beginning of, of our season again. Uh, June will. Say to be perfectly honest, Andrew, the Cano Foundation is a full-time job, no matter what time of the year it is, no matter what time of night it is. Uh, but me, myself and Pat, who do match allocation, it's a good time, June, to kind of wind down and go on holidays and uh, things like that. August, our bucket collection, kicking off the season, and then that's us right back into the madness of, of the football season. Yeah, the Cano is really well funded by uh, Celtic fans. It, I always say it's the happy charity. It's 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 the lift over the tone style. It's the happy story. But I noticed that uh, people are still fundraising on social media during the lockdown. Teresa and Tommy Gallagher, I've, I've been buying bonus balls off them and raffle tickets. They're just brilliant. Um, Teresa, I know, does, does the little uh, collection tins around the pubs and goes and collects them. And she's come into Celtic AM and the first thing she'll say, is are you doing a raffle for charity and she'll, or she'll have a football card. And then when we went to Thailand, when we arrived in the pub in Bangkok on the first night, she was already fundraising, you know, off her own back. And the, the charities that we looked after over there were the Father Ray and the Hand to Hand, which are both based in Pattaya. And it was an extension of the Kano's arm because we had someone over there helping us fundraise from the Kano. So I thank Teresa and Tommy for that. But the Kano does need funding. Yes, Teresa and Tommy, Teresa is a special lady, so is Tommy. Recently, we celebrated our 10th birthday and they threw a garden party and every every fence, every corner of the garden had a Kano scarf, a Kano flag, uh, and they're, they're our official ba- ambassadors as well, so we're, we're so proud of everything they do. They, they, they travel the world raising funds for, for the Kano, it's so special. And at the moment, they're not the only ones. There is There has been lots of charity events happening uh, on social media. 
friends and family and people you don't know but who know us all over the world just constantly constantly donating constantly supporting us and it, it really means a lot throughout this uncertain time uh, of having no football and it keeps us afloat you know and what we always say is the Kano Foundation it's much more than the trustees and volunteers it, it it's 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 you it's everyone it's it is, we're all a big Kano family all over the world and it's at this moment in time, it's, we're, we're really needing it and not only that, we really do appreciate it more than anything. Looking back, Erin, at the nine in a row, uh, I know you're busy, busy, busy in with the Kano kids, but did any players stand out for you on the pitch first and what players off the pitch are supportive of the charity? Uh, Scott Brown, uh, our patron, is magnificent he is our Kano patron and he's created so many magical moments for the Kano kids uh, whether it be throwing in uh, an armband into the stands giving us a wee wave it's it's things that the players I would say that in today's society back in the day my dad would always tell me stories of the players players going to his dinner dances and players going to pubs and players interacting with the fans a lot more and I feel as if it's something that in this moment in time the players are almost losing out on. But Scott Brown, um, a simple wave into the Kano kids creates such an atmosphere and for those who don't attend the games often, just for a visual, it's the Kano Foundation, the mini Green Brigade and then you get the Green Brigade in the corner and we feed off each other and when the players are doing their, their laps of honour you really see that energy there uh, and it's really, it's really quite special. Yeah, I think Scott Brown, uh, he's going to be here for 10, hopefully, with James Forrest, another player that's been there from, from the start of this doing their old campaign. But I think Scott Brown is standing out now as he comes to maybe the latter days of his career, standing out maybe like some of the older style players that we had because I always said that the Tommy Boyds and the Tosh McKinleys were probably the last of a generation that were mixing with the fans. But I think Scott Brown is, although... We live in a different society now where they have to watch every move because of people with cameras and social media and such. Whereas before, maybe the players could go to a supporters function and let their hair down, have a sing song, and now they can. But I think Scott Brown, and I would imagine when he finishes his career, that he will still be very supportive of the likes of the Kano and other organisations. Definitely, 100%. Um, Scott Brown attended our golf day last year and he had such a good laugh with the lads and stuff. It was really quite good. And Lee Griffiths as well is a recent uh, player who has been engaging with the, the Kano kids as well. Lee Griffiths came along to our Christmas party and a moment that will live with me for a lifetime is Lee Griffiths in the hall and all the kids, Lee Griffiths in the kind of kind of lobby, kind of reception hall and the, the Kano kids in the, the kind of function hall all shouting Lee, Lee, Super Lee and Lee's face, he just loved it and it was just such a magic moment and Lee Griffiths is a player who's really been standing out on the pitch for me back to your question earlier on as well Is he's a man who just he's a fighter, you know and it's been great to see him coming back from the, the break just, before, just after Christmas and just firing right in and um, especially after our, sorry to talk about it, our defeat uh, with, uh, with them uh, gave us such a big push, you know, and it just shows you that Celtic are players like Lee Griffiths were a whole other class because it's all about that mentality. And for us to come back after the Christmas break and just fight on um, when the other side of the city were falling away and were struggling to keep up with us, both 
by mentally and on the pitch. So it's it's great to see players like that. Yeah, I think it's really important for the 10 in a row that we have players like Lee and Scott and James Forrest and players who are from Scotland. I'm not saying they're local players. I'm not saying they were born into Celtic families, but they know the story. And especially if we bring in new players, they'll have to adapt pretty soon to know that how much this means to all the fans and everyone connected with Celtic to become record breakers. Oh, 100%. And hopefully going to be signing some crackers. And we're also seeing, a, seeing goodbye to some as well. Johnny Hayes, for example, was a bit of a shock for me, especially you know, seeing it on social media eh, at first. Johnny Hayes seemed like a kind of quiet player, but it's all, everybody, that's one thing as well, is there's nobody that's really not had an impact throughout these 10 years. And seeing Scott Brown and James Forrest go from, James Forrest especially, going from a baby to, to a 10 in a row, potentially champion, and two Scottish lads, it's great to see. Yeah, and hopefully we get that 10. We still have to do it for the favourites, but... Don't put all the eggs in one basket just yet. <laughs> we need to concentrate on, I think, as fans, we're just looking towards the 10 in a row. I think we have to look at it now from the 1st of August, first game, and let's get three points and build on that. Because there's going to be some serious pressure on the players every time they take the pitch. I, I spoke to Paul Bourne in the last podcast, and Paul played at a Celtic when Rangers were the dominant team. And even then, he spoke about the pressure. He spoke about playing in front of 21,000 fans in Oibrox in a reserve game. So the pressure is going to be huge and it's going to be big shoulders are going to be needed by the players to carry it. And just going back to Lee Griffiths, I just wish some of the other players could see what it means to the young Celtic fans when a player takes an hour out of his time. Because by him taking an hour out or two hours to attend a Christmas party, he's given kids a lifetime memory, which will last much longer than the couple of hours they were there. Totally, totally. And that's the thing, you know, there's there's kids that will come back to us, you know, now 10 years later, eight years later, seven years later, and they're now buying their own season ticket for Celtic. And we every penny that we spend essentially, you know, goes back into the club. Um, and it's great for these players to give back, essentially. And recently, um, some of the players, you know, Scott Brown and Lee Griffiths, I was going to say just to name two, but it's actually really just been them uh, this season who have, you know, went above and beyond. And Lee Griffiths actually went home. Brian might be, he might correct me if I'm wrong after this, but I'm pretty sure uh, Brian gave Lee Griffiths the the Kano Grinch suit. Uh, And that's the kind of things, you know, it's just that connection where Lee will remember that and he'll come back and the kids will remember that. It's just great. And, you know, to have that connection with the players that goes above and beyond just the fans and the pitch. And going back to Celtic fans having such a deep connection with the arts and with theatre, and essentially that is what's magic about live events like that, whether it is a, a show or whether it's football, is there's not a screen in front of us. It's not, it's, we're not watching the telly. We're not, you know, watching the games pre- like recorded or watching them from our living rooms. We're there, and especially with the kids being in the front row. This is like a moment they will remember for a lifetime just because Scott Brown's standing there and they're sitting here. So it's all it takes is a little head, a little nod, just to to make it real, you know, to to immerse yourself within the game, essentially. Uh, Yeah, 100%. I know how important it was when when, when I was young, if you had, I suppose, an idol or someone that you looked up to, be it on soccer pitch, a Gaelic pitch or in a boxing ring or a musician, 
if you could get any acknowledgement, even if it was an autograph in the post, it was so important. Yeah, you know, and I remember writing to people and them sending me signed pictures and that, so I can I can fully understand. And I still have some of that memorabilia, and I'm now 48, heading for 49. So <laughs> Is that I don't think you're that old. <laughs> uh, I'll give you that five or later. <laughs> now, it is uncertain times at Celtic Park. We are pushing for the 10, as we spoke about. It's very important that we get back on a personal level. It's very important that we can get back with the Kano kids back in behind that Lisbon Lions stand. And it's very important that Brian Ainsley will be leading the sing-song. 100%. Um, but Brian is known as the, the Pied Piper of uh, Parkheads and you hear him before you see him every game. And a typical day at the Kano pre-match, we'll, we'll go into the church hall and all the kids will be fed um, burgers, hot dogs, and it's a great chance for all the kids to also mingle and have a chat and meet new friends, you know, add each other on Facebook. And this is kids from Belfast, Aberdeen, Wimbledon. It's the, the church hall is a great wee moment for them. Uh, and I love lending them up as we'll do and having some chats with them. It's, it's great. Brian takes us all rounds and, you know, the, the locals are starting to recognise him. You know, <laughs> Here he comes. It's like a train almost with 180 kids all falling at his back. Uh, so... I'm sure, yes, there's uncertainties um, with going back. How we go back, just recently I read an article to just this morning actually that um, Celtic, there's now a possibility of uh, 30,000, 20, 30,000 Celtic fans being in the stadium in August. Uh, good luck to Celtic for working who gets to go, what games, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Um, at the moment, I can't comment on the Cano Foundation situation. Um, we're awaiting a response from Celtic, so we just have to, you know, keep our toes and fingers crossed that it all goes our way. But, you know, if not, the supporters, as we mentioned earlier, the supporters is what's driving the Cano Foundation always and forever. And as long as we have that support behind us, there is absolutely nothing that we can't do that tries stopping us. Um, so I personally, I'm not worried I'm looking forward to an exciting season once again, whether that be August, September or January. January, ja- January, God. You know, and we'll, not only will I witness 10 in a row, but I'll also be witnessing 186 kids witnessing 10 in a row. And I know where my eyes will be that day, that's for sure. Uh, brilliant. I mean, think about 186 kids. And just at, at this moment of, of the interview, I'd just like to say uh, to all the Kano trustees, volunteers and everyone who donates a couple of quid during the year well done truly amazing what the Kano Foundation does and we always have a little dinner every year and the Kano come along and we we don't even have to raise the money everyone puts their hand in their pocket I'll never forget the first dance I was at the first more than 90 minutes dance I was at when we were, you, you guys were doing the Kano 50 pound auction and Joe never lets me forget it it's just because you were like a meerkat your face was just everywhere I didn't know what to expect and your dances are fantastic so they are and that, that was actually the last night out I had before the coronavirus kicked in so feels like a lifetime ago now yeah well we, we were lucky we got a, a little trip to Thailand I know so he's dead so he's dead before we all went to, had to come back and go into lockdown self-isolation first and then lockdown so I'm I'm looking forward to getting back on the road. I'm really looking forward to getting back to Glasgow. And uh, Joe will tell you, sometimes I give up my comfortable seat and I go in and stand with the cane because it truly is, it's, it's well worth doing for anyone. And I know a few famous people that have nipped into the cane. 
you know, to see to see how it works. And it's brilliant. And long may it continue. And I would recommend anyone if they get a chance to go in and watch a match with the Kano Foundation. It truly is brilliant. Now, we've had enough chat. I think it's time for another poem. Okay, don't. Have you got um, another prepared? Yeah, of, of course I do. Um, I've actually got, you know, when you're, you go to your gig and you've got a song stuck in your head, well, I write a poem and then I've got that poem stuck in my head. So, <laughs> you know, I've got poems fiddling around my head like songs. So well, don't mention gigs because I've that many tickets for gigs that have been cancelled. I can't, I that's hard. another thing I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to get back to hear some live music. I read an article, it might just have been scaremongering, that the, the hydro will stay closed until the end of 2021. So that in itself is just a nightmare for so many music lovers at the moment. But it's funny you should say that our producer, Ronan, is a musician. And I just just before I switched my phone off, I seen a message coming up, another, another disappointment for musicians. So I, I presume that was something about venues. So he, he'll, uh, I'm sure he'll enlighten me when he comes in when we're recording the rest of the show. <laughs> um, I've got a couple here. It's actually just, you know, they're, some of them are unfinished, but I think it's just, it, it would be nice after so much Kano talk to do a wee Kano poem. So I'll, I'll do this one and if you want another, I'm more than, more than happy for that. Mum, turn on the telly. Look, I'm in the front row. And if Celtic score, you'll see me behind the goal. I'm in a bright, bright yellow vest with green and white across my chest. I'm watching Glasgow Celtic, Mum. And this is just the best. It's the glow in their heart and the glow in their eyes that makes it all worthwhile. That very first glimpse of paradise from the step, from the top of the steps of 115, that's what keeps the Kano alive. And I know. He's always watching us, because I see him all the time. I see him when a child asks, really, this is mine? To wear and to take home, wow, thanks. I've never had a football scarf of my own. I see him in their eyes when they hear the crowd roar, but they're all too busy watching the Green Brigade to have actually seen Celtic score. I see them as they're balancing chips in the one hand, juice in the other, and a hat that fell off under their arm. And during the light show, the chips go flying everywhere as they can't help but stare. And we all know if Martin was here, he'd be grinning ear to ear. And I know he's there, laughing at us all, when we can't decide to go with the logo on the green background or the white background and picking our new scarf design. And trust me, none of us are perfect, and that's totally fine, because when we all come together, it's magic like no other. We're all so grateful, so blessed, to wear that badge upon our chest. The cano took my heart, and it blew me away. And it's all in the legacy of Mr. Martin Keane. Bulabos, absolutely brilliant. Again, and that's the first time I've heard that. I don't think I've heard that one before. I think it, it, it's something actually that I kind of, I don't struggle to write about the Kano Foundation, but I think because there's just so much to talk about that that, that poem is kind of three in one. You know, I think I did something similar at your, your More Than 90 Minutes Dance in March. just wasn't finished yet. It's, I suppose it's always a work in progress. That's like all my poems. It's just always a work in progress and... That that poem there, it brings it brings the Kano kids alive a wee bit. Um, for those you know who don't know, every child goes away with a Kano scarf, a Kano bag, a hat, juice, sweets, crisps, and that scarf is that scarf is iconic now all over the world. You'll see it whether it's Vegas, it's over Elvis, or 
you know, whether it's in Thailand. I got a message from uh, Neil, and we were talking about uh, we're talking about the trip to Thailand, and he says I seen a Kano scarf, and you know, Alan Thompson or whoever it was, and. I was like, oh, I wonder who's over there, but not there it is. It's Teresa, you know. <laughs> Teresa, that's Teresa's iconic moment throwing a cano scarf over anybody. As soon as you can, it's brilliant. In Thailand at the pool, everyone was putting up the flags, and there was these two big, massive palm trees. And obviously, the cano flag is, is massive. So, while we were looking for a ladder, one of the, the Thai lads that was, he was attending the um, festival, he came along and climbed up the tree right up. Tied it up, slid back down in his bare feet, and back and done the same on the other one. So that's how that would go. And I think there's, just, oh, wow. there's possibly a video of it going around. It was just brilliant, like, you know, ladder. You know, they were looking <laughs> at us for like a ladder, you know, because it was, they just do stuff a little different over there. And I just want it's called it the land of smiles. And they're just what a beautiful bunch of people we met over there. Believe it or believe it not, we gave him a cane of scarf that day for climbing <laughs> up. So he, he was happy enough. Um, and we did have to call all them then to get them down. We had to, we, we had to go looking for them at the end of the week to get them down. Um, now, we've been speaking about the Kano and obviously the 10th anniversary, which you produced and presented the YouTube programme. Is that a good word for I don't know how, because yeah. it was a show? Yeah, it was, it was a, a, a Facebook live stream. It wasn't technically live, but that was the, that was the initial idea, a Facebook live stream. It was absolutely brilliant. Now, I know the work that goes into these things and I know how long it takes and I know how frustrating it is and I know that people don't realise how long something like that takes. That must have took a long time because we, you had musicians, you had an interview with Tommy Boyd and, and Simon Donnelly and co-presented with Joe. You had the intros, you had the kids, you had many people, including myself, sending messages. You know, to put it all together, it must have took you a lifetime. Well, the week before, uh, the Sunday before, Joe phoned me and he says, it was something we'd originally planned to do anyway, was mark the 10th birthday and the 10th anniversary throughout the whole season coming. So Joe phoned me the week before and he says, listen, we can't let this pass, we need to mark it somehow. So Joe's original idea was like a, a live stream that was actually live, you know, uh, us all kind of chatting, having a laugh. Joe McKenna playing some songs, Joe Mackin on the karaoke and things just were Things just wasn't going our way. Uh, just technology, you know, adapting to life in lockdown. So it got to about the Thursday and I said to the guys, listen, it's not going to work. We need to try and do something different here. We can't just rely on an unscripted conversation, uh, playing music, because it was just a techie nightmare. So I put all of it together essentially overnight. I didn't sleep from the Friday to the Monday, partly because of the adrenaline as well. And it was all done overnight. Um, from the Thursday, I'd interviewed Simon and Tom on the Friday afternoon. And then on the Saturday, um, Joe McKenna had recorded his parts. And throughout that week, we were gathering our video messages and I put it all together overnight on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, um, it was planned to go out. I think it was three o'clock. Um, and then I had another techie nightmare. Uh, which was a huge learning experience um, and it went out you know a blessing in a way 67 minutes late it was 67 minutes late so we put we put out a new uh, a new poster and stuff for 4pm it was no issue and you know it was all just a, a creative experience for me I suppose um, 
And it was a fantastic way for us to mark the birthday, to to bring everybody together. There was a great atmosphere in the comments and everybody had a good time. And then Joe Mackin threw an after party on his own Facebook page the night, uh, that night, uh, singing some karaoke. So we all, there was something in it for everybody. And it opens my eyes, actually. It's something that I'm going to really look into doing in the future. I put together all the, the social media content um, the, gra- the graphics, the videos uh, for the past couple of years now, just experimenting and, you know, promoting the Carol Foundation um, alongside Gillian, one of our trustees, uh, who's great for feedback. She notices the little details that Joe and Brian won't notice, you know, just that, it's that young eye, don't tell them I said that. Uh, so, <laughs> well, we're a great partnership, uh, we all are. So, that's, the birthday weekend was stressful for me, but it was certainly a highlight, that's for sure. I loved it. I sat down in my back on the patio, cracked open a few beers. So I didn't mind waiting an extra hour. <laughs> the dog was walking, all my chores done, and I sat down. And uh, I think maybe I, I enjoyed it too much because I did sit for a good few hours after drinking cans. And uh, it was brilliant. And if anyone wants to see that, it is on Satellite Fanzine TV on our YouTube channel. And it's if you go onto the homepage of the website, it's on there as well. So if anyone wants to see it, and I'm sure, Aaron, it's on your pages and mm-hmm. on the Kano stuff as well. So if you didn't see it, make sure you get to see it because it really is worth seeing. Crack open the beer <laughs> because many of us did that day. Aaron, I want to just get away from uh, the Kano now for a minute. And just for a young person, I want to talk a little about how much Celtic has influenced you, not just the football team, but you know the wider meaning of Celtic. It's reaching the community and within the Irish diaspora. This has to have influenced your poetry. 100%. My Celtic story, if you like, started with my dad, you know, introducing me to, to Celtic at a young age, listening to, to Celtic songs in the car and putting all his old retro tops on in the living room and dancing about and reading, reading all his old fanzines, you know. Average Joe Miller's Not The View, we have about 40, 50 of the Not The View fanzines Um I actually was buzzing when I met Joe uh, at your dance the other night because I didn't realise he was still, you know, producing them. So that was quite exciting. Um, but yeah, so just my dad, you know, my dad has had a huge influence in my life in all aspects. And he introduced me to, to he, he made me a Celtic fan. Uh, not only that, but my dad also ran a football team when I was growing up, Claybank United, uh, which was a Saturday morning football league team. Uh, quite successful, as successful as Saturday morning football teams can get. Um, winning, I always remember bringing home trophies, uh, red and white ribbons on them. Uh, and I also remember uh, at a young age designing the, the logo and the strips and the, you know looking for sponsors and things like that, eight, nine years old, you know, just for fun. And that all that, you know, that football culture, I suppose, moulded me into the person that I am today. And then, of course... You know, as I grow up and as I leave primary school, going to secondary school, you're meeting lots of other Celtic fans and you're you're going to the games with some pals. And then as you grow up, you're going to the pub eh, and you're listening to Celtic songs. And there is no other football family quite like us. And that is because we're so deeply connected to our Irish heritage and our, and our culture. And simple things like singing songs, you know, we're, we're all poets in a sense and it's really quite special because no matter where you go, 
in the world. You'll meet a Celtic fan and you will go to an Irish bar and you will sing Celtic songs and have a, have a laugh and have a drink together. And it brings us all together, you know, and it's, it's special. It really is special. I say that word all the time, but there's just nothing, there's nothing quite like it. Erin, what, what's your dad's name? Joe, believe it or not, Joe. <laughs> Joe Boyle. Uh, Joe Boyle, if you're listening in, you've done a brilliant job <laughs> in educating your daughter on the Celtic way, both on and off the pitch. So well done, Joe. Erin, apart from your Celtic-inspired poetry, uh, you've also written on other subjects, including the frontline workers. Could you tell us what inspires your poetry away from Celtic and the diaspora and maybe finish up on another poem, maybe a non-Celtic one? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, d- daily life, I think that's, you hear that from a lot of songwriters and a lot of, you know, especially co- comedians. Um, something happens on your trip to Tesco and you think, oh, that would be a brilliant, that would be a brilliant sketch, you know, that, oh, that would be brilliant on the stage. I can just see that and... I think the most important thing being a writer is connecting to your audience and being a, a working class, a proudly working class writer from the, the northwest of Glasgow, Mary Hill. Um, it's, it's really important to always emphasise that that is where your art comes from. And there's a lot of gigs that I go to, uh, you know, in like the kind of the West End area of Glasgow. Um, which, you know, I love performing alongside a variety of different acts and guests, but I always find that my poetry, spoken words, um, is always the most unique. Not not because not because I'm the best poet, you know, I'm not I'm not the first football poet and I'm certainly not going to be the last football poet. I'm not even the first female football poet within the scene. Uh, a great friend of mine, Victoria McNulty, who's also a spoken word artist, she really inspired a lot of my work um, by a lot of her advice and going to see, you know, our World Women Show Confessionals. Uh, I seen in the Tron Theatre and then we went to the pub next door afterwards, uh, the Tollbooth. So it's a lot of people think that this art form is prestigious and it's, you know, arty-farty, but there's no better feeling than feeling that reaction from the audience, from your audience, from your friends and family who don't go to the theatre every weekend to have never been in an opera house. I've never been in an opera house. And that's what makes it special and that's what influences my work. Uh, Celtic AM back in November, you could have heard a pin drop in the pub. And it wasn't because the poem was absolutely amazing. It was because all these guys have, have never seen that before almost. They've, they've never heard a poem about Celtic and the life that they live in Alan Thompson shook my hand and he said that that blew me away and those moments is what motivate me to keep going it brings it brings this art form to other platforms that may not necessarily have that creative voice and every time theatre group my friend Alan runs he always emphasizes that he likes to take the theatre to to areas like the Easter House and to you know wherever it may be and takes the show to them and a lot of the a lot of the, the public that'll come along may think, oh, it's no for me, and then they leave and they go, that was brilliant. When when are you coming back? So that's the influence that I like to to bring. Amazing. Just because I was in, obviously I was hosting Celtic AM that day. I'd never heard you doing poetry before. You came in, the pub was absolutely packed that morning, and they went out to see me. I, I only I only facilitate the interviews. I'm sure Alan Thompson brought a few people in that day. 
Uh, and we had some great guests on. The Football Barber was on that day, and Liam, who, who just who's just written a book, was on. So there was so much talent within Celtic support from, as you say, the, the, you described it, the arts. There's just so much talent. And, and the Celtic AM show, it's not for everybody, but especially that morning because we, because we had an author, poetry, someone working in the community with a charity, and then with someone that lived the dream and played for Celtic. So I think there was something for everyone that day. And actually, if anyone wants to see your performance on Celtic AM, that's also on Celtic Fanzine TV. That was one of the few that we did record because we've had so many brilliant interviews and we just haven't recorded them because at the start it wasn't we we were hoping to get people together to hear it and then we realised quickly that not everyone can come in, not everyone can fit in. So we, that was one we recorded. So you're lucky that you recorded that one. Now, Aaron, I want a poem to finish on for the listeners, and I want a non-Celtic one if you have one because I want to highlight your talent. <laughs> Glasgow, you're a fighter. You bring the light. And the reflection of the Clyde, we see hope and see pride. You embrace the clearer skies, but there is water in your eyes. Dear green place, don't cry. The music still plays and our city still thrives. Don't greet. Keep your head up high. And you know, you have every right to be scared. But since when has Glasgow run away from a fight? You know I'm right. Glasgow, you're a warrior. You bring hope. And the reflection of our tartan skies, you have no doubt will cope. Behind blue and white flashing lights is our heroes putting up a fight. Your dad's delivering bread to the nation. Your neighbour's curing the population. Your teacher is working behind a screen. And nothing is really what it seems. Pots and pans echo the streets and for a couple of minutes each week we feel at peace by coming together. Glasgow, I know you can hardly breathe but this isn't forever. The pubs are missing our banter, the football's missing our chants and cheers, we'll grieve, we'll hurt and once this is all over we'll see the light. We'll put our arms around each other's shoulders and never take each other for granted again. And only then will our hearts grow fonder. Glasgow, you're a fighter. You bring the light. Absolutely brilliant, Aaron. Um, what can I say? I'm, I'm blown away. Just brilliant. A city that I love, a second home to me. I can relate so much to it and I'm sure the listeners can as well. It's, it's been brilliant hearing your poetry. It's been brilliant chatting and we hope to hear some more poems. Maybe you'll have a special one for the 10 in a row. Oh, definitely. Hopefully, hopefully you won't get too famous on the road to Disneyland and <laughs> come back and chat to us again and maybe you'll, you'll give us a nod from when you're on the big stage. Maybe a free ticket. And yeah, hopefully we can get you back onto our own live events when we're back on the road because that would be brilliant. Erin, thank you so much. Andrew, thank you so much. And please keep doing what you're doing because it really has such an impact. I've been loving it. So thanks for having me on. It's been a real honour. Thank you, Erin. Folks, remember the name, Erin Boyle. Thanks to Erin for chatting to us and taking time out to treat us to some of her poetry. A super talent. Thanks once again to everyone who has listened and who has logged on to the website, and especially those who have bought a fanzine or some of our merchandise. 
It really means a lot to us and it means that we can continue to build this independent media platform and create as much free content as possible. The podcast is available on all platforms, Apple, Acast, Spotify, etc. or whatever platform you use. So please subscribe and follow us so you never miss an episode of the Celtic Soul podcast. And also please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Leave a comment and let us know who you would like us to have on the show. And if you have a story to tell, please get in contact. And thanks for all the shares on social media and the retweets. But really, thanks very much for telling your friends, getting them to listen and getting them to spread the word. You can't beat a bit of water, mate. Thanks again to our sponsor, Blacktop Tam Academy. And as always, thanks to our producer, Ronan McQuillan. And if your business or Celtic Supporters Club would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, please get in touch. We appreciate the support. Well, that's it for another episode. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the weekend, folks. If the good weather continues, don't forget to splash on the Factor 20 if you're cracking open a few cans in the back garden. We will be back early next week with episode 10 where I will be chatting to former Celtic player Scott McDonald from his home in Australia. Keep the faith, stay safe, and if we stay safe, we can all get back to the football sooner rather than later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.